Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good afternoon. Scott Luton, Greg White, and Kelly, the Real Deal Barner, is with us right here today on Supply Chain. I welcome everybody. Kelly, Greg, how are we doing? Good. You first, I know. Doing good. Yeah, I was good. I knew I was doing this today, so I was exceptionally responsible with all of my drink choices last night. I am bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to go. (laughs) I am just glad to know, (laughs) Scott that Kelly Barner has drink choices. That's good to know. Oh, Once yeah. we get the whole team together, we know it's going to be fun. Oh, yes, yes, it is. Uh, you know, what was that live stream we were on the other day where I think we spent half our time talking about adult beverages, Greg? I can't remember who that was with. I thought it was everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that Kelly is already kindred spirits. And uh, yes, Kelly, course. you do have a new nickname, The Real Deal, which is a little bit of a play on, you know, making deals and procurement and sourcing because – I'll take it. As we all know, oh. <laughs> Kelly does. That's good, man. <laughs> Kelly hosts Dial P for Procurement right here on Supply Chain Now. She's uh, joining us today as a special guest co-host. And you don't want to miss Buyer's Meeting Point, which is a, a, a thriving community that Kelly uh, leads yeah. as well. So, Kelly, welcome to the Supply Chain Buzz. Thank you. And I actually have a brand new Dial P video podcast debuting today with Sam Achampong. And Kim Winter talking about having a growth mindset and applying that to procurement. So you can get two new pieces yes. of wow. video content today. For the price of one. It's a BOGO. <laughs> yep. As if Running that is a Monday enough, BOGO. Gosh, don't you think it ought to be. Well, so- <laughs> Show everybody your phone, Kelly. Make sure they don't miss that in the corner. Ta-da. Uh, and I have to do it backwards because the video screen. I'm impressed that you, you remember which hand it is. Yeah. I know. It's good practicing is my phone. Actually, people <laughs> ask about the phone a lot. So I've gotten used to like remembering where the phone actually is versus where it looks like it is. I bet you can't <laughs> dial for a pizza looking at the video and doing it just like this. No, but next no, time. that's what the cell phone is for. The pizza place is on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, um, enjoyed uh, not only the episode that publishes today, Kim and Sam were wonderful guests. And beyond the expertise around procurement, I love the aspect of the conversation that focused on Dubai and all the great things Absolutely. taking place in that neck of the world. So y'all tune in on the main channel. Um, we're going to say hello to a few folks here momentarily, but let's, and we got a lot of some, some really Interesting stories to dive into first, but let's pay the bills and we're going to share some programming yeah. notes and and then we're going to be talking. Guess what? Supply chain. Imagine that all here, right here on the supply chain buzz coming to you every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time. Okay. That is a great idea, Scott. I'm glad we thought of that. <laughs> so let's talk about open text. Uh, today's buzz is powered by our friends over at open text, the information company and greg we had a blast with the one and only mark morley about two weeks ago didn't we well first of all he's not only one of the smartest people we know but he's english so he really really sounds like it <laughs> That's right. and yes it is always great talking to him and it's funny how many of our conversations they come back to data why can supply chain advance so quickly these days when it has been stagnant for so so long and it really comes back to data the wealth of data 
the robustness of that data and being able to corral and clean and use and share all of that data. So yeah, I mean, what these guys have been doing at, at Open Text, you know, a long time ago, it started with EDI documents, right? Um, you remember those, Kelly? Uh, In a right? while. 850s and 852s and all of that stuff. Advanced shipping notice, ASNs, all of that stuff. Gosh, what a pain. <laughs> but, you know, it's evolved. Into, it's invo- evolved. And that was the extent of data communication between companies. But it's really evolved into so much more. And I think this digital backbone concept that we talked about with Mark is really, really powerful. Get your own house together start sharing and 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 receiving from your trading partners. Powerful stuff. Agreed. And one of the biggest companies that a lot of folks have never heard of. So you can learn more That's true. at opentext.com. That's why they're down there. And about right. <laughs> and about Greg and Kelly. Uh, Kelly, as you were kind of reviewing that episode, I think you stumbled across a quote that maybe you weren't expecting. I was not. I mean, you guys talk a lot of real life examples in these conversations. I was not expecting to learn so much about gnomes, that not only do they come from a specific part of Germany, but apparently there's going to be a shortage. And the only responsible thing to do is to start hoarding, hoarding (laughs) garden gnomes. gnomes. That's right. Yes. (laughs) The garden gnomes. Hoarding gnomes. Who would have thunk? Which, which, by the way, could impact my, my opportunity to landscape over the next few weeks. Don't mess with (laughs) Vicky and Greg's landscaping. That's right. All right. So, um, Let's uh, so big thanks to our friends Open Text for powering today's episode. Let's talk about a few other things here. Opportunities abound for sure. So June 8th, we're going to be talking real practical supply chain innovation with our friends at Transplace. Y'all come out and join yeah. us June 8th at 12 noon. And then, Greg, we're getting limber, getting our golf game ready because we're going to be talking with Ping and Rather than golf, because I don't want to talk about my golf game with anyone, maybe I'll, I'll defer to Clay. I hear Clay's a scratch golfer, Greg. Is that true? Is that that's true? Or? I don't know. Gosh, I hope that's not true. I, I hope I haven't inadvertently bet him money on he golf. He told me he could drive the ball 400 yards. You haven't seen that? <laughs> I know he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, who, but, you know, so, so fun aside, ping – there's a huge demand for golf clubs in the pandemic, right? It was one of the things that we could we, we could do at least some of the times. Yeah. So, of course, supply chain transformation was the name of the game. So, join us on June 22nd as I look forward. I don't know about you, Gray. I look forward to kind of learning more about the golf club supply chain, some of the transformation taking place in that space. Yeah. So, you know, uh, my wife is from Phoenix, Arizona, which is where Karsten Solheim started paying highly engineered golf clubs. He he did the casting instead of forging of clubs, which made them much more playable. I, I only play with ping irons myself. Um, and I'm a huge fan. And, of course, another tie to the Valley of the Sun, Phil Mickelson, the oldest winner of, of a, a PGA uh, major tournament, won the PGA championship yesterday in stunning fashion. I mean, it was actually golf worth watching. So, and he he has the most unique thumbs up. Yes, you don't get the full thumbs up. You get kind of a <laughs> something like well, that. more of an I stole your nose thumbs up. You can see how far back his thumb curves because he did do one where he had it all the way up. He he has incredible agility or <laughs> that genetic curve in his thumb. Well, what I was astounded by beyond his grinding it out, right? 
um, folks half his age would have a hard time grinding it out. So that was impressive. But man, some of those drives when he flew past Brooks Kepka, uh, you know, we're talking like 75, 80 yards, it was remarkable. It really yeah. was. Um, so and good to see everybody kind of back in. I know we're all we're all clamoring for that was as encouraging as anything. I mean, first of all, you could tell the fans were really excited to be back and they were back. Oh, yeah. In in mass. I mean, they just Brooks Kepka may literally have had to fight his way through the crowd. Although I would not want to be in a fight with Brooks Kepka unless he was on my side. So if y'all can't tell, we had a little bit of fun watching the uh, PGA Championship yesterday and and watching it to its conclusion. But come check out the business side of golf and Ping, one of the biggest names in yeah. uh, the game, and along with our friends at John Galt uh, Solutions on June 22nd for this free webinar. Okay, let's see here. On, on a much more serious note, uh, we're still supporting, proudly supporting these efforts at vpod.org and our friends at Vector Global Logistics to help get supplies, much-needed supplies, over to our friends in India. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out uh, either vpod.org, where every dollar is going to what's needed, or shoot a note to india at vectorgl.com and find out how you can jump into the mission. Okay. It's as much about food as it is about PPE and that sort of thing, right? Because there are so many people in that culture who make their money today to buy their food tomorrow. So, that's right. And that's all they've got. So with the economy down, that's had a big impact on people. So Excellent point. It yeah. Until it feels good. Excellent point. Um, okay, really quick. Uh, so, uh, Kelly, always a pleasure to collaborate with you on This Week in Business History. Loved your episode uh, last week. It may have been a week before. Um, this week, the one we published today, and you can find this at This Week in Business History, wherever you get your podcast from, the mother of modern management. And Greg yes. and Kelly, do you all know kind of the main thing that made her the mother of modern management? Just Peter Drucker's mother? I don't know. What? <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> Any? Um, I So I know she focused on the difference between delayed incentives and or indirect incentives and direct incentives. Oh. So um, great answer. Uh, both of y'all, Close, great answer. Is Generally speaking, very generally speaking, her focus on people, right? Um, at the time, if you think of early 20th century, uh, massive the, the, you know, massive gains were being made in efficiencies, but oftentimes it came at the, 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 uh, as a detriment to the people, right? There was a lot of uh, uh, workforces being taken advantage of, and, and she really changed the game, which, which was a big differentiator in this husband-wife team that developed the Gilbreth system. And in fact, one one last note is, is her husband passed away at an early age in 1924, I think it was. And she went on to work until she was about 90 years old and made a huge, massive impact. Also, she invented, uh, if you've ever enjoyed this, Greg or Kelly, the pedestal garbage can. That was her. Wall lights. Yeah, switches. the foot pedal. Yeah, the foot pedal. That's right. Yeah. Oh, really? She did it. Wow. So, and, that, and, and that's, that's just probably like a real recognizable thing. She had a massive impact. And of course. Oh, and 11 children she put through college. Yes. Just <laughs> Which is saying, why she had to work till 90. <laughs> and why she passed away almost immediately after uh, retirement. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, hey, check out the story about Lillian Gilbreth. Uh, I promise you, you'll learn some things you didn't know uh, wherever you get your podcasts at This Week in Business History. And then finally, let's see here. We've got our uh, second live stream with uh, Big Blue, uh, IBM, coming up this Thursday. As as Kevin and I 
uh, who leads our digital transformers, Kevin L. Jackson here at Supply Chain Now. We're going to get key takeaways from the big event, Think 2021, uh, that took place um, a week or two ago. So join us this Thursday at 12 noon as we learn a lot more about what took place there. Okay, so Greg and Kelly, uh, I'm going to pause for a minute because we're about to dive into some headlines really quick. But I want to give y'all both a chance to, uh, did I miss anything? Did I miss any jokes? That'd be, oh, you know what? I did miss. We did the gnomes. Yes. (laughs) Right. We didn't say hello to anybody. (laughs) How could I miss that? Golly. All right. My bad. They probably already left. (laughs) They're insulted. (laughs) We're sorry. Come back. Hey, that's right. We are. Let, let's say hello. Catch him on the way out the door. <laughs> so Jill is with us via LinkedIn. Great to have you here with us, Jill. Emil, first time live listener from the Netherlands. Look forward uh, to the session. Emil, hi, we Emil. are looking forward to your POV here today. He might have gotten a heads from- up about today. Ah, nice, nice job then, Kelly. What was that, <laughs> yeah. Greg? I was just going to ask, is he from the Amstel side of the country or the Heineken side of the country? That's what we'll see if we can. That's very important. Yes. It's the line is becoming more and more blurred each year, but there used to be a very distinctive line in the Netherlands. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see if, if Emil could answer that for us. Uh, Jose yeah. from Costa Rica tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to have you here. Uh-huh. Philippe from the Ivory Coast, also via LinkedIn. Great to have you here. Uh, Mysum. From Iran, great to have you via LinkedIn here today. And if I if I say your name wrong, please shoot us a note. Uh, I'm a little bit slow sometimes. We 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 strive to get it right. We break down all barriers. That's right, right. <laughs> Iran, also a country in need of some help mm. vis-a-vis uh, COVID. Excellent point there, Samina from Canada via LinkedIn. Great to have you here, Samina. Our dear friend Sylvia Judy, the uh, jam maker extraordinaire. We've gotten so much traction out of that joke, Greg. Uh, all things jam, yeah. uh, preserves, you name it. She says, greetings from Charleston. Anyone catch? Sylvia Jam, Judy. That's right. Anyone catch the PGA? It was amazing to see a 50-year-old lefty yeah. bring it home. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that The lefty was as important to me as the 50 part, <laughs> right? But I wonder if Sylvia was there. Maybe she can share. Maybe, maybe Phil had a little bit of that. Delicious blackberry chai. <laughs> <laughs> that probably put him over the top. <laughs> oh, Tom Raftery, great to have uh, you here, Tom, via Sevilla, uh, Spain. Great to see you, Tom. Celine from Kenya via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Celine. Shabir from India. Hope this finds you where well. Mohib is with us, Greg. Yeah. From where? I got. Hold on. I just. I'll be right back. <laughs> I got yet, yet another. Uh, shocker gift. This is a, a very rare pin for Wichita State's 125th from Mohib. So thank you, Mohib. And uh, he and I are, um, we're plotting a, a visit to Wichita uh, to talk to the folks at Wichita State and uh, an incubator that I work with there with a number of startups in Wichita. Outstanding. So, Love that. Air Capital. Great time of year to be in Wichita, June. Yes. <laughs> hey, look here. Todd Craig, old TC, is with Holy us. Holy mackerel. Check it in. He has surfaced. <laughs> Welcome back. Great to see you, Todd. Hope this finds you well. Yeah. I'm not wishing your Todd any help, though. Y'all have been dominating lately, breaking my heart. But great to see you here, Todd. Um, Emil says on the Heineken side, but he's more of a... Uh, Hertog Jan. Okay. Yeah, man. 
Well, he likes really good beer is what he's saying. <laughs> Catherine is with us. Great to see you, Catherine. Hello, Catherine. It's been too long. Great to see you via LinkedIn. Let's see. Uh, Anna McGovern, who was on the, the first episode of wow. Dial P. Great to see you, Anna. Hope this finds you well. And and I understand they're uh, continue to grow at uh, the Food Bank of New York City. It's great to see. And then Philip, our dear friend Phil, is with us here today. Phil Otteson <laughs> with the Art of Procurement. He says, English accents, I'll second that, Greg. Can you say it like Phil, Greg? I can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, in fact, I've been watching, I've been binge watching the Graham Norton show, which, by the way, is hilarious. What they can't say on the BBC that they have on YouTube is hilarious. And I, I'm truly impressed by some Americans and their faux English accents. I'm also truly stunned by the people I had forgotten were English when they opened their mouth, like um, Matthew, I can't remember the actor's name, from The Americans. Hmm. So I don't know if you've watched The Americans, but the main uh, male actor on that is, I'm guessing from the North, maybe even Irish, I'm not sure. He's got a very strange accent, but English. -ish. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, even that makes him sound smarter. <laughs> Kelly, do you have a, do you do a good Phil Ideson impersonation? I don't try the the accent, but I learn the expressions. And I think my favorite is being as mad as a box of frogs. I actually had to think about what that meant the first time he said it. And then I thought about putting frogs in a box and I'm like, yep, I get that. So we learned some great expressions. I've also learned a lot about Bradford City football. Interesting. So, I'm, I'm a expanding uh, my knowledge in all directions. I'm gonna completely steal that box of frogs. That that sounds like a lot of fun oh, to share should. at the wrong moment. Uh, but welcome everybody. Great to have everybody. Sorry we couldn't hit everybody, but we've got a really interesting conversation tee up, teed up here today. So let's dive into Greg and Kelly. A few, just a few of the headlines. There's so much to talk about. So I want to share a couple of these. First up, cryptocurrency market going crazy. Uh, let's see, Bitcoin plunged to less than 32K on Sunday, which still sounds like a bunch of money. However, it had hit a, a all-time high of 65K in April. Mm -hmm. And of course, Bitcoin is kind of like the, the the main crypto that everyone wants to be like in the, in the cryptocurrency markets. And really just about, just about every other currency, cryptocurrency followed suit. So a lot of interesting um, movements there. But, but looking at it this morning, it looks like most of them had made some gains back. So that's interesting to see. Yeah. It's a buying opportunity. Yes. Hey, who who wants some great news here in the States? Everyone. Everyone, right? New yes. New COVID yeah. cases are down big, lowest totals in eleven months. And that is uh that is certainly great news. Uh pallets, folks. Greg, hang on to that thing behind you because pallets not only are they hard to find right now, or harder to find at least. <laughs> The pricing is up reportedly some 400%, 400%. So, Greg, are you selling or are you holding on to it? I'm definitely holding okay. here. Me and Pally, we're, we're <laughs> just like this. So, Pally, oh, good to see. Besides, Gary Smith would never forgive me if I, if I sold. We need to get you some of those really big googly eyes, like two of the ones that are like six inches across. You could just put like, them right on there. That's a great idea. Like you know, Kiwi's Playhouse. <laughs> Uh, also, Pally has told me he wants to be painted gray, so we're going to go with that. You know, we've got new colors in the studio here, so all right. Uh, so I can, wants to be complimentary. <laughs> I got to share to the palette. Uh, yeah, 
not going to tell you how you know it's a male or female now. There's some kind of wormhole now being developed, a riff in the force, because not only did Clay Phillips on our team here, of course, the dog, the producer behind the scenes here today, him and Amanda, says buy the dip, talking about crypto. Yeah. But my brother, almost at the same time, also named Clay, says buy the dip. So maybe they were separated That's at birth crazy. or something. Who knows? But but Clay looks really sharp in that in that new uh, profile yeah, he does. pic. That's a pretty styling looking jacket there. Agreed, completely agreed. Yeah, he looks like a tech guru in that that bright blue is bold, man. Well, as Clay will tell you, as Clay Luton will tell you, he's a guru in all things, but technology and and customer experience are two of his uh, big fortes. At and and he also does some startup investing, so maybe he can join us one day. There we go. All right. So let's wrap up these headlines really quick. Let's talk about Richard Branson, one of one of Greg's favorites, Kelly. So Richard Branson and the Virgin Galactic are higher than ever, right? They're VSS. And that is something that's difficult to achieve. (laughs) (laughs) So um, let's see here. The VSS Unity Spaceship 2 spacecraft, that's a mouthful, made its first space flight. Uh, space flight from Spaceport America in New Mexico over the weekend. That was the first, I think it was the first ever space flight from New Mexico. So setting records all over the place. The company hopes to begin commercial service next year. Uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars per seat. And get this, they reportedly already have sold 600 seats. Man, we're in the wrong business, That's Greg and Kelly. Crazy. So, Kelly. Well, I think we've known that for some time now, haven't we? But, <laughs> That's right. But it's coming on. It's coming on strong. <laughs> so, Kelly, are you ready to buy a ticket? Mm-mm. No, I'm, I'm more of like a merry-go-round speed. I'll do the bike, but not going into space. That's like low on my list of <laughs> things to do ever. If Sherika Sanders is in charge of safety for that, for that, uh, <laughs> That flight, then maybe we're signing up. Scott. If that's the case, we're signing up. Yeah. Um, all right. And then finally, I tell you, on, on a much more serious note, compounding things in India over the weekend, uh, a massive hack was re- well, well, at least hit the news uh, wires over the weekend. Air India said Friday that ten years worth of customer data had been compromised, possibly impacting 4.5 million travelers. And I think that's just the the Air India impact because it also hit many other airlines. So, um, and, I, and the the breach took place last February, so it's been a while. So, um, goodness gracious, that is not good news. Yeah. And of course, we've had a little bit of that um, uh, that the hacking uh, repercussions here in the southeast, right? Because this comes on the the heels of the Colonial Pipeline uh, stuff, where. Greg, I think it's been since, since you and I jumped on the live stream last, the CEO admitted paying almost $5 million ransom. Did that surprise you? Uh, it did surprise me, and it was monumentally stupid. Mm. Uh, and and his idiocy was rewarded with not getting the fix for his $5 million, and they wound up having to spend millions more to create a workaround. Gosh. Actually, all they did was go back a couple days and restore. So, so <laughs> I hope lesson learned mm. there. So Kelly, the real deal, Barner, your take on the ransom paid. I mean, isn't, I'm no hostage negotiator, but isn't rule number one, like don't ever pay the ransom. Yes. Isn't that like, if you've ever seen a movie even that had a hostage negotiation, especially when it's really important. Rule number one is don't. And even more important when the thing that has been stolen is digital. 
It's not like, okay, Lady Gaga has her dogs back now. She can just protect them better. They've stolen these digital keys and access to systems. Really hard to defend. Mm. It is. Uh, agreed. You need to be on the phone with, I have a certain set, set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> I will find yes, you. Yes, I love that. <laughs> so you do have some accents there, Greg. I was Scottish, which is also Liam, Liam Neeson yes. is not Scottish. Sorry, uh, Matthew Rise, Tom ha- Raftery. Thank you, Matthew Rise, the lead male actor in The Americans, is Welsh, hence the janky ac- accent. Yes. My wife's people are Welsh. so Hey, yeah. really, it's like British, you can't play so really, yeah. really quick, I'm going to share a couple comments here as we catch up and then move into this next story. But Amanda and I, over the weekend, watched uh, The Greatest Crime of the Century, I think is the name of it. And Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong. It focuses on the opioid crisis and, and oh. uh, here in the States, and it is, it is eye-opening. I hadn't made it through mm-hmm. all the second one, but it is eye-opening. So y'all check that out on, let's see, Amanda, what, what, what did we watch that on? Was it Netflix? HBO Max. She she just yelled at me across the room. Just, so, so, so I, don't know, I don't know if the I don't know if the community can see knows that we can see into the green room here. So I just watched Amanda go. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> no, I won't say anymore. She was re- she's ready to break my legs over some earlier stuff. But that, but back to the greatest crime of the century. It is fascinating. It really is. So and and talk about getting to root cause of, of why we mm-hmm. see so much. Uh, happening and, and so much tragedy. Uh, y'all check out that uh, documentary. Okay. Yep. Uh, Andrea says she loves that show, The Americans. So I'm going to check that out. And Andrea, hope this finds you and Sophia both well. Tom Raftery. Where do you see the end? <laughs> Tom says, huge hack in the last couple of weeks in Ireland, too. Mm-hmm. A ransomware attack has shut down the IT systems of the country's health system. Wow. Just what you want in a pandemic. I had no idea. Yeah. That is horrible. Uh, Mervin says scams popping up a lot because of that data breach. I think referring. Ah, interesting. Okay. Um, let, I, I wondered where my air miles were going. <laughs> and uh, Gary Skinner is back with us once again. Gary, great to have you here and looking forward to your POV. Okay. So Kelly and Greg, we were ready to move. Move. We're having so much fun talking about everything. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say, uh, yeah, let's talk about some <laughs> Okay. We got to get to work a little bit more here. So, Kelly, food supply yes. chains back in the news. Uh, you know, we walked into a couple of stores in the last few weeks um, and have seen seen a few empty shelves. Walmart and produce yeah. come to mind. But tell us more. What's going on here? So, I think the most interesting thing about this story is actually the S on the word, the end of the word chains from supply chain, because we all tend to think about, okay, the restaurants, right? or the grocery stores. But what we're finding out now is that not only are the restaurants having trouble in their supply chain, but also wholesale distributors are having trouble in their supply chain and also grocery stores are having trouble in their supply chain. Um, And so they're having a way of contracting and crashing into each other. We all know about the bullwhip effect that's not new to anybody who's here, but it's not just one whip. Right now we've got all three of them whipping around and on top of it, Menus are changing and diner patterns and habits and patterns are changing. Mm. So restaurants don't know what they're going to get. They don't know when they're going to get it. They don't know how much it's going to cost. And in a lot of cases, their distributors don't know either. So for an industry that has really struggled over the last year, this is another challenge. And I just beg, so I'm here in Massachusetts 
everything is really, really opening back up for Memorial Day weekend, please be patient. Please be patient with your wait staff. Please tip them well. They've had a hell of a year, yeah. right? And they don't know when the chicken is going to come, that chicken sandwich you've been waiting a year to have. They're doing the best that they can with the food that they can get. And it's just going to take us a while to work it all through. Excellent point there, Kelly. So yep. much that what you shared there, but in particular, having been that server all through college where you'd work your, your rear end yeah. off sometimes for $12 in tips that you can't do a whole bunch with, uh, please, extra yeah. empathy and extra tips, certainly. Uh, Greg, your, your take. I think, well, um, restaurants and distributors in the food wholesale and food service industry make the least money yes. of all of the players in the supply chain. They can't afford to expedite because no. literally my company built a tool to make food service distributors make money because unless they hedge their bets forward by on inventory, most food service distributors make between negative two and about 3% net profit. That's after taxes. Mm. Whereas their manufacturers, the, the providers, the big companies you've heard of, the Bordens, the mm. P&Gs and whoever else, they make between eight and 20% mm. uh, net margins after tax. So please take it easy on the people who are making less money. If you want to kick somebody oh, yeah. in the shins, kick the, the producers and yeah. Likewise in the shins. But the truth is, look, <laughs> the labor shortage is a big part of this. this what, it's a huge part of what it. What we're seeing is because, um, you know, I, again, still work with people in this industry. What we're seeing is a lot of restaurants and a lot of distributors have held back on price increases for months, sometimes as long ago as last summer. For instance, we talked about the chicken wing shortage and chicken breast shortage. Um, those prices have been going up since last July, is the report I'm hearing from the industry. And they've just finally reached a breaking point where they went up a few weeks ago. So my 10 wings went from nine to $14. And then two weeks ago went from 14 to 20. And as you $20 for 10 wings, they're delicious yeah. wings and they are the class A or whatever the <laughs> biggest ones, but still. Yes. Um, and no thanks. And and yeah, right. And to Kelly's point, I changed my consumer behavior. I got the boneless wings, which are basically chunks of chicken breast, and got 30 for 30% less than the wings cost, than, than 10 wings cost. So that's the kind of adaptation, by the way, Kelly, in addition to patience, right? And yes. respect and and polite politeness. Um, you need to think about changing how you you know, where you're going to spend your money because yeah. a yeah. lot of products have reached that sort of equilibrium in the marketplace. Excellent point. And, and folks, uh, two of the best in the business, Jennifer Smith and Paul Page were behind this article that uh, was from the Wall Street Journal that really reported on food supply chains being stretched. I want to pull out this quote here. Uh, this is a good one. Mark Allen, chief executive of the International Food Service Distributors Association, says, that the start quote the startup has been in many ways as difficult as the shutdown. Everybody's yeah. trying to turn it on immediately, and the capacity might not be there. End quote. How about that, uh, uh, Greg and Kelly? Kelly, what, what was your take on that? No, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's an issue that a lot of the food supply chains shifted over to be able to supply supermarkets because there was more predictable demand there when restaurants couldn't necessarily open in certain cities. But I think to this point about reopening, and, and Greg, you started to say it. 
we got to get people in these restaurants to work. Mm -hmm. We have to get people back to work. We have to stop incentivizing people to stay home. So whether it's the food, whether it's the wait staff, um, I know in my area, quite a few restaurants have gone out of business. So now not only do you have less capacity in the sense of how many people can fit in each place and serve them appropriately with the amount of chicken wings you can get on your hands. You have the issue is it's, you know, 60, 70% of the restaurants trying to serve the same level of demand. Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. You, you know, you can't get near them. So go out to lunch. Go out to lunch instead of dinner. Do take out if they'll have it. <laughs> well, um, it's a good problem to have in many ways, right? Versus where we were uh, a year or so ago. But yeah, a lot, a lot of lot of supply chain complexities right now in this space. Yes. So, um, but be kind, be kind and tip a lot. Okay. So I want to share a couple of comments here. Let's see here. Um, Pankaj is tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to have you here. Hope this finds you well uh, via uh, from India. Uh, Brandy, I think she was talking about one of our earlier conversations she about was, us not. The, yes, the <laughs> ransom. Great. That is <laughs> yeah. a great comment. Oh, well, she's an attorney. I missed that Esquire I first. Can, well, Brandy. I can oh. just hear how that's being said. Someone didn't consult their legal <laughs> department. <laughs> right. Brandy, would just love. Like, <laughs> just like uh, would my love. <laughs> But, uh, so I'd love if you have a little extra um, uh, expertise that you'd like to share around paying ram ransoms, I'd love for you to drop that in the comments. And we'll read that later in the program here. And also our friend Nanda, who uh, we enjoy our not only our live stream uh, conversations with Nanda, but really enjoy his um, social media uh, mm -hmm. perspective as well. Catherine says, boneless wings are chicken nuggets. Except, <laughs> except unlike most chicken nuggets, they are not whipped chicken fat. It's actual real chicken breast. So mm. I don't know if you know that. McDonald's no chicken McNuggets <laughs> used to be whipped chicken fat. That's why Clay. they advertise that they're using <laughs> breast meat. So. Clay, man, I need one of those right? NBC, the more you know, slashes going across the screen. We got to get <laughs> one of those animations. Uh, Peter Bolay, all night and all day, is tuned in. He's at, He looks like he might be out and about. Uh, so he says he's going to catch a replay. Hey, Peter, you've been work. I, I appreciate the images. Looks like uh, you shared uh, some of your latest projects and a party or so uh, earlier with the, the team. So hope this yeah, finds that you well. was definitely a Costco shop, wasn't it? That uh, it was a it was like a patio cover, right? Yes, that's and what well, I saw. Well done. Yeah, well agreed. Alay is back with us. Back to old. Old normal, finally. I like how she threw that in there. Old normal. Well, hope this finds you well and, and look forward to your POV here today. And then Roger is tuned in via YouTube. Uh, hello, and I uh, hope this finds you well, Roger. Okay. So, Gregory, let's see here. For our next story, we're going to be talking about how retailers are gobbling up tech at a near record pace, right? Yes, they are. And, and in fact, uh, focusing, as you would expect, on... Um, on front end type technology because we retailers, I wish I wish I had Tom Enright and Mike Griswold here from Gardner to say we simply cannot be taught. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> retailers doubled, actually uh, tripled their tech retail tech funding. So retail being think e-commerce enablement, shopping, order management, all of that sort of thing to 28.9 billion in Q1 of 2021. They did double their investments in, in supply chain tech to $8.6 billion. So let's just, let me just give you an idea here. They spent 
roughly $30 billion to get people to buy stuff. They spent $8.6 billion to get people the stuff they bought. So the problem continues to exist in the industry of prioritizing, properly prioritizing the the goods that get the goods or the products that get the goods to the consumer. In fact, in the, I'm going to paraphrase this, but in the article, they said now that companies have have got their e-commerce house in order, now they can start thinking about supply chain tech. So let's just, let's just, (laughs) I can see the look on (laughs) Kelly's face. (laughs) So let's just think about that. Let's just say you have a business. It's not like e-commerce is this thing we're trying out. You have a business and you're going to sell a whole bunch. Now that we've sold a whole whole bunch, let's go buy some delivery trucks. (laughs) (laughs) That's essentially the logic here. And that's the tragedy of it. And those companies are going to be in a bad way, of course, uh, but not atypical. Look, I think companies have to recognize that this is a concurrent investment. If you're going into e-commerce, then also be able to deliver the stuff. Yeah. Right. So. Well, I missed something. What kind of stuff, Greg? No. I missed my sound went out. <laughs> Audio drop. What? <laughs> this thing on? Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, it's going to take some re-education. And frankly, the re-education yeah. for some of these companies is going to be getting their guts stomped out mm. by the consumers. Let's just look at the Peloton example. Right. They sold the hell out of those bikes. They either couldn't deliver them at all, or they paid hundreds of extra dollars per unit, crushing efficiency in terms of delivery and and profit in the meantime. So what exactly is the point? We have to start to focus in supply chain generally, but particularly in retail on agility, responsiveness, and resiliency, rather than just driving demand in the door. Because as we've said, the supply chain is what delivers on your brand promise. It's what delivers your brand equity. Excellent yeah. point. Well, and shout out to Clay Luton on this one, right? This is the customer experience. If I place an order last week, even in addition to agility and efficiency, how about predictability? This all was kind of fine when we were stuck right. at home, but now we're going away for the weekend. We're not stuck at the house anymore. I want to know, do I need to stop my mail, have a neighbor come by? I'm not going to be real happy if the thing that I waited for for two weeks that should have taken three or four days to deliver shows up the day I've finally gone away. Mm. And for more and more people, yeah, that's, that's going to happen. That's a really good point. And it's going to be hard to catch up because disruption yes. in terms of demand is going to continue because people are going to be taking off. They are, you know, now that they're free to go see their family or free to travel or whatever. Yeah. Um, they are they are going to be taking off and and a lot more people are going to be going back to work because now the government is taking yeah. away a big portion of the dole many i think 17 states in the US have declined the uh, as of June 1st have declined the additional federal um, pandemic unemployment assistance so right people in 17 states better start seriously looking for a job because now you're obligated to look for a job to get unemployment and your pay just got 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 cut by at least 33%. Wow. 
Well, hey, uh, a great article here. Of course, our friends over at Supply Chain Dive do great work. Maria Monteros, one of their associate editors, uh, is kind of the basis for this conversation. So y'all check out, if you're looking for great information, check out Supply Chain Dive. Okay, you mentioned Peloton earlier. Yes, I did. Or maybe Kelly, one of y'all did. So over the weekend, as we're watching the Braves, and the Braves have won three games in a row at at the uh, um, detriment to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and so, of course, we get a tons of Peloton commercials, and they clearly know their customers because after watching all that hard work and the sweating and lifting weights and working and getting up early in the morning to jump off and burn 5,000 calories, looked at Amanda and said, well, I know that is not for me. So they clearly know <laughs> <laughs> they know their market, and, and they know it well. Um, okay, I got to share a comment here. Tom Raftery says, too much information. He probably Greg. means the chicken nuggets. Yeah, I probably could have gone without the, uh, what, what What was that movie, uh, Super Size Me, without the Super Size Me description. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is true. That yeah. is true. Apologies uh, to anyone that, that, that might be eating lunch right now. <laughs> so Brandy says, and this is our, our resident attorney here, we're talking ransom. She says she's not an expert in ransomware by any means, but I would expect all attempts to recover the data be exhausted yeah. before considering any payment. Brandy, you Great ought to be running there. a company. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, and Clay says the expectations have changed from a customer experience standpoint. Completely agree yes. there, Clay. Excellent point. And good, great mention there, Kelly. Okay. So let's see. I got my Braves reference in. We talked about Pelotons. We talked about gnomes. We talked about chicken nuggets. <laughs> what have we not touched on yet? Ah, I know Greg mm-hmm. and Kelly. We've got a really big event that's close to launching on December 8th that we want to kind of chat about, right? Maybe a little. Just a little bit. Are we ready? Are I we can't ready wait to, to hear about it. Uh, well, well <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a good uh, – thank you for checking in, uh, Kelly. That's an important thing to check in because I want to make sure before we do make a hard shift to talk about this event, anything else that y'all would like to mention from a – well, from all those topics I just checked off? Kelly, Kelly come on. I know you got more. Go for it. Okay. So I just want to admit, I have a redneck Peloton. Um, That's my own terminology I'm coming up with. It's an iPad strapped to a spin bike. So you just pay for the digital. I didn't actually have to buy the bike. And that worked. So listen, if you don't have the bike, if you can't get them to deliver the bike, or you're afraid of the treadmill, which is a good thing, uh, just do the digital. That's... So while you're hoarding your gnomes, you can just do Peloton Digital. It works just as can well. Can you do it while you're eating chicken wings? Really expensive chicken wings. You could. But you could, but it would be gross okay. with the whipped chicken fat in the Peloton. Bad customer experience. You know, one of my favorites. So so uh, as a kid, and, and Clay, if you're still with us, you might remember this. We would take big family bike rides through Aiken, South Carolina with grandmom and granddad on the on like the banana seat, 1970s. Oh, yeah. Western bike, you know? Yeah. Yes. That that was just the best, um, best experiences. And and it reminds me, I've got to I've got to buy some my kids some bikes so we can do the same thing here. So Kelly, we'll steal some tips from you, the experts. These are not okay? those oh, kind yeah, of bike absolutely. rides. I can just say. Oh, they're my, not. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the redneck yeah. version, if that's what you want to call it. But, you know, there are alternate <laughs> brands out there that do exactly the same thing. Yeah, Costco's, yeah, yeah Echelon. Costco sells that one, yeah. I believe. And, and 
yeah, what a brilliant idea to just, just, and, and there are other services out there that can, that can provide you with that interactive experience, right? So. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Although I do have to say total credit to the Peloton spin class leaders. They're amazing. And there were days of the really tough lockdown. Those 30, 45 minute sessions were literally what got me through the day. So you are paying a premium but it is for a premium service. It's yeah. it's amazing. Well, so Catherine says we have derailed with the nuggets and, and she is here <laughs> for it. I love that. Tom says Peloton and Pale Ale is the perfect <laughs> recipe. That's my boy right there. Mo- <laughs> Mohib keeps us grounded on business, which is why we're here. He's talking about paralysis by analysis on yeah. big, big, huge data comes to mind. That, that's yep. a great point. And Clay, backing me up, says, I remember an orange glitter-covered Mine banana was silver. seat. So, yeah, I had a purple <laughs> Western flyer and a silver yes. banana seat. I even had the steering wheel on it because that was big in the 70s, for, which you guys weren't alive then. But <laughs> the steering wheel <laughs> was the big part. thing. And then I also had the ape hanger handlebars. So. Yes. <laughs> well, this one had a um, the gear instead of the gear being where they yeah, typically it are. Maybe on the handlebars. It was on the um, the center. Gosh. You know, it was, it was literally yeah. a gear that was on the center I rail. So anyway, the seat was glittery. Yes. one with gears, man. <laughs> well, let's. Um, all right. So uh, enough of the memory lane stuff. <laughs> yes. So, folks, <laughs> folks, we have been building with yes. Kelly and Greg and Amanda and Clay, the whole team. Really, uh, the supply chain now, the art of procurement. Who Phil is with us here today, and buyers meeting. Point, of course, which uh, uh, Kelly leads. We've been working on a new event to really celebrate the best of the best across, really across supply chain and procurement, really across global business. And we are yes. this close, Kelly, from launching in earnest. So, yes. uh, of course, you can learn more at supplychainprocurementawards.com. But Kelly, you know, talk about um, the genesis. What, what was uh, maybe from your perspective? What do you? Why do you think this is important? And why? Why did you join us in this mission? I think it's important because what we need, I mean, certainly we need it maybe in this moment in time, we need something to lift us up and keep us focused on the amazing things that are happening around us. But I don't expect that to ever be something that goes back to, you know, old normal, right? I fully expect that as the workforce to a certain extent continues to be a little bit more distributed, as workplaces change, as teams change, we're going to need regular reminders of the absolutely amazing work and people in our midst. And I think it's one of the things that people will see when they can finally peruse our list of awards. We have things maybe you would expect focused on transformation or leadership, but we're also spending some really important time looking, for instance, at unsung heroes. Because in many cases over the last year and a half, it was individual contributors, they're not famous. No one knows their name, but they were the people that kept these operations running. Um, and for me, there's there's one conversation that comes to mind. I'm, I'm not going to share details because I don't necessarily have permission, but someone with a very interesting role in supply chain who said to me, I'm just a guy who moves boxes from point A to point B. Mm. And if I explain to you what he was moving in those boxes, I mean, it just the statement hit my heart. So if you're a person that's moving boxes from point A to point B, good on you. Keep it up. Uh, recognition is coming. Yeah, ex- Excellent point, Kelly. And Greg, I want to read off a couple of these titles, and I'd love for you to kind yeah. of comment on these different uh, – ce- you know, 
uh, different recognize uh, different ways we're going to celebrate all the folks that make global business happen. Deeds, not words, leadership award, building a sustainable future award. I like this one. Champions of Humanity Award, and that's just three of the uh, 11 or so awards. Greg, your take. Well, I mean, I think these awards, they come straight from our hearts, right? I mean, deeds, not words. Who says that on the planet more than Scott Luton? And and I, I think, you know, we're trying to reward people who are really making change, not just speaking about change. And then, of course, en- Enrique and all of us really care about human rights and sustainability and and all of those things. So really, we just sat down and kind of thought about what are the things we want to reward in supply chain. Of course, supply chain excellence is is astounding, and there are awards for that as well. But you know, there are some recognitions that should have come to the industry. We feel like that in some cases they haven't come fast enough to the industry. We believe we have a, a new, a more modern, a more um, you know, a more modern and and broader view of supply chain than we have been taught ourselves as supply chain practitioners. And we want to share that with not just the industry. This isn't a self-congratulatory show. We want people from outside the industry, not just supply chain professionals, but people who are in retail and people who who are consumers and all the people impacted by this to realize the value of supply chain and to be able to understand in some way and celebrate the greatness of it. I agree with you both wholeheartedly. And I would just add that um, we do want this to be a vehicle that not only uh, raises the um, the standard for recognition across um, uh, global business, but we also want to use it as a, a means of uh, bringing more visibility to human slavery. And and trafficking, which you know, supply chains around the world can do something about. So we're not quite ready to announce it just yet, but we have a big partner that uh, will be our um, our nonprofit partner for the events. We're going to be not only um, uh, providing monetary benefits for this nonprofit, just doing outstanding global work, but of course, the big thing we can do because you give from what you have is give them and what their mission and their stories and their case studies and why it's important and and why we're only getting the tip of the iceberg in terms of the, the this massive problem we have when it comes to slavery and human trafficking. We want to give visibility and airtime to that throughout the whole cycle of this award process. So stay tuned. We've got a lot more coming. But, hey, the easiest thing to do, Greg and Kelly, really the easy thing folks can do now is if you go – to supplychainprocurementawards.com. You can go ahead and add yourself to the um, yes. you know, coming attractions email. Uh, of course, registration, uh, nominations, uh, all of that stuff is coming. Uh, and we'd love for you all to be a, be a part uh, of this global, truly global event. Sponsorships, by the way, of which a huge portion of the sponsorships is going directly to the, the charity. So, yeah. Absolutely. Great, great call out there. And, um, and we've got a, uh, so on a much lighter note, this is really important to the whole team, our collective teams here. And I'm really excited about this whole project, but on a much lighter note, Greg and Kelly, do we want to, do we want to kind of ask for feedback on the nicknames of the event? Greg, you're passionate <laughs> about one, <laughs> one angle here. Let's, let's drop this back into the, the yeah. feed. So, 2021 Global Supply Chain and Procurement Awards, the SCAP 
A S. But Greg says, "What's your name Skippies. for that?" <laughs> Skippies. I like the Skippy. The Skippies. Yeah, like Skippy, the As name, opposed- right? But the Skippies. Right. So we've got the Oscars, which are really the the Motion Picture Academy Awards, right? The M Coppas. So M M Pop, whatever. Who cares what that is? They're the Oscars. <laughs> Right. Um, and then we've got the Stevies, which are the excellence in technology awards and that sort of thing. I we don't even know. I don't even know anybody named Skippy, but I like the name and it has S and a C and a K sound in it. So I just thought Skippy sounded good. And a P. Don't forget yes, the P for P procurement. For procurement. It's got a P. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Skippy's, Scappets, whatever we call it. But hey, uh, okay. this isn't going to be a popular you said con- that, Scott, let's put it out there. <laughs> We really, really need your input from the community here. Skippies yes. or yes. scappas. Scappas sounds a little bit like a medical procedure to me. So, But hey, I'm not biased. But then we can sell branded cream as a merch opportunity hey. to give more money to our chosen charity. Yes. And we could, we could be accused of bringing salve to industry, the magic salve. <laughs> hey, no um, well, we... <laughs> yeah, we already have Nanda says no, sc- no, no, no. <laughs> um, that sounds so, like the mean lion in Lion King right, right? Um, <laughs> so there's one other one other aspect of this that folks need to know this is not going to be a popularity contest right this is going to be driven by rig, um, a rugged criteria our team is going to be scrutinizing that based on information nominated, and it gets tougher because we were going to have a three-person executive judge panel uh, uh, that that will. Uh, we already have our first um, confirmed judge in Laura Cesari, so and y'all know it's going to get tougher. <laughs> that's right. It's good. That is no yeah. nonsense, right? And and Laura yeah. is the perfect, uh, you know, someone that tells it like it is, and is going to challenge and make sure. That in each of these uh, categories, we've got an organization, an individual, or a leadership team that is worthy of the recognition. So, uh, really excited about the opportunity to, to to see all the great things that teams are doing and the enormous challenges that teams are able to overcome to keep our global population moving. Um, we've got another one here. Catherine says the Scrappies. How hey, about we're not that? taking input. Marvin says the skippers. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you said you no, really wanted okay. feedback. No, it's too really late. Want to. <laughs> more people to vote for. Well, um, no, I like that. I like scrappies um, too. Scrappy dappy All right. Um, uh, hey, one. Well, I think one more thing to point out here is that we have been very conscious about bridging the divide between supply chain and procurement here, and it's very important. Yes. This sort of false wall that is between supply chain and procurement, that is as much part of our initiative as as anything else. Because if there's anything we should recognize is that fewer silos are better in business today. The more interaction, the more integration, the more coordination, collaboration that we can have, the better. And, uh, you know, these are two natural areas that I think Kelly and I approach in a very different way, but we both believe that there is some integration that needs to occur. Yes, she's right. There, I said it. (laughs) (laughs) And we're we're starting by doing it ourselves, right? So you guys and Amanda and the rest of the supply chain now team, 
I'm bringing myself with Buyer's Meeting Point and of course, Phil Einstein and the whole Art of Procurement team. So we're symbolically going to kind of hug it out for, for yeah. both groups. And we're all going to emerge from this knowing more about each other's stories and capabilities and challenges and objectives and heroes. And then we're going to take it forward into 2022 from there. Well, awesome. Well said, both of y'all. Love that. Hug it out rather than bike it out. You got my vote, Kelly. Uh, SupplyChainProcurementAwards.com, that the uh, suggested action, follow-up action for y'all to do now is go to that site, uh, which is probably just still a, um, a placard right now, but you can mm -hmm. sign up and be added to the distribution list as we start to roll out uh, the news and the additions to the program. So excited about that. Appreciate your partnership, uh, Greg, Kelly, Phil, the whole nine, and of course, all the respective teams. So big news. Okay. It is almost top of the hour, and we have got a little bit more good news. We got a little bit more good news here today on Supply Chain Buzz. At least if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan, <laughs> try, the Hawks beat the Knicks in game one. I tell you what, Trey Young, whose nickname is uh, Ice Trey, came in on a clutch floater in yep. the game. So that is uh, really good news, and we'll see how the rest of the series plays out. Hey, if you're a New York Knicks fan, uh, happy to put a diet, wage a little Diet Coke on uh, the rest of the series. But let us know. Let us know if you follow NBA and uh, if you've got a favorite team there. I'm not. I'm not saying not. You know, not for nothing, New York. But we did beat you in the Garden. Oh man, get him, Greg. Get him, Greg. Uh, and and Andrea, we are excited as well about that. Okay, so Kelly. Let's make sure folks know. I mean, we love what you do with Dial P. We love what you do with uh, This Week in Business History. Of course, that's just two of the many uh, projects and, and uh, aspects of your community that you're deeply involved in. How can folks connect with you? And of course, Buyer's Meeting Point. Absolutely. LinkedIn's super easy. Find me there. It's lots of red, very branded. Um, you can also find me at buyersmeetingpoint.com or, you know, in my free time, you can find me at artofprocurement.com as well. So check out both of those brands on all the different social media channels. Thank you for sharing that. And, and folks, y'all want to, if, and if you're not connected yet with Kelly on LinkedIn, make sure you do that. She is a, a, a fountain of knowledge about all things, not just procurement and sourcing, global business. And, uh, and she's a great person too. All right. So Greg, how can folks connect with the one and only Gregory A. White? Hey. S. White. S. Yeah. You, you know what my middle name is. <laughs> I just gave you a new name. <laughs> It'd be hard to forget that. Well, if you want them to connect with Gregory A. White, then call <laughs> yes, right. the IRS. Um, uh, that's good. Yeah. Well, LinkedIn, of course, always connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and you can connect with me at my email address. Here we go. Greg at supplychainnow.com. Happy to talk to anyone. Yes. And my and word. Tequila yes, Sunrise. Tequila which, Sunrise. Uh, wow, did we get a lot of feedback on the last couple episodes with St. Azorlu? That's exactly what we're trying to achieve is getting, is educating investors and educating, educating founders and educating people in the supply chain industry about technology and its impact so that was a great one and we've got another great one come coming up well you don't know jack so that's our <laughs> that's our next episode with jack freeman from peakspan capital a growth capital investor so you're going to get yet another perspective on on what they see in the industry so on this note, I'm going to surprise Greg because I had not mentioned this to him yet. Uh, but, you know, all three of us here, all, all of our respective organizations are very supportive of our uh, uh, veteran community. 
And one of the things I wanted to do as, as we you know continue to find ways to, to give forward to my fellow veterans is you know, there's a lot of veterans that are in the startup space yes. or considering the startup space or, or considering being an entrepreneur. Hey, if you're interested in a, uh, you know, kind of a private or at least a, a small group uh, and, and a Q&A session with uh, the Wizard of Wichita, which is the one and only Gregory S. White, hey, shoot me a note, shoot Greg a note or yes. Amanda here, Amanda at SupplyChainNow.com. We're looking of, of just forming a small little group and, and um, you know, pinning Greg down, which isn't hard to do, for him to get share some of his experiences and what you need to know if you're, especially if you're a veteran looking to do it. So if you're interested, reach out. We need we're to get make Chris Lee okay. involved in that. So he's a he's a, a um, former, That'd be well, awesome. always Marine, right? But uh, retired Marine and and supply chain tech advisor. So we need to, let's get him involved in that too. Chris Lee. Oh, I love it. Well, <laughs> that's right. We'll do that. We'll, we'll do a date, and then we'll uh, specifically for veterans or veteran spouses or or maybe veteran families. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure out a way to make sure. So Clay brings us back down to earth uh, as we right before we wrap up here on the supply chain buzz. In typical Atlanta sports fashion, he says, since the Braves and Hawks had a good weekend, and they did, Julio Jones, the best one of the best wide receivers in the history of of the sport, publicly publicly requested a trade today clay you're bringing me down man uh my How first thought grade? is do the chiefs have enough salary cap for him but i doubt it <laughs> Boy, <laughs> there are going to be rookie wide receivers being cut all over the nfl the, he just struck fear into the hearts of every sort of middle tier wide receiver with that statement well i sure hope um the new regime in atlanta uh can you know, work a work a great deal because they've just lost a little bit of leverage with uh, kind of how it's played out, at least till this point. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Emil uh, says, "Great session. Thanks again, Kelly, for Thanks pointing it out. Look forward to Emil, this." Emil, you have me. You lost me. What are you doing? <laughs> Loyalty. You. Come hey, on. You know, sometimes. You know, we have to oh, have a little gosh. bit of marketing savvy, hey. even in supply chain and procurement here. So uh, I'm just going to repeat this. I suppose. And I yet we'll still go with one the skippies. Scapas or Soscars <laughs> or whatever. And also Nanda. Come on, Nanda. <laughs> or Skippies. Which one Scrappies. warms your heart? <laughs> well, hey, reach out. Let us know what you think. I uh, really appreciate all the POV that, was, that uh, <laughs> folks brought here today. It was uh, a pleasure. Catherine says Chiefs uh, as they get Julio Jones and Clay enunciated it just like that, just for you, my friend. Um, but hey, uh, make sure you get connected to Kelly and Greg. Uh, make sure you uh, join us this Thursday as we um, get some of the key takeaways from Think 2021 with uh, Kevin L. Jackson and our friends from IBM. And most importantly, folks, most importantly, whatever you do, wherever you spend time this week, do good, give forward and be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.